Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are on this rotating globe. Welcome to another edition of The Other Side of Midnight. My name is Jonathan Womack. I'm your host for this evening. Richard is out with a migraine. He called earlier in the day to let me know. I could hear the pain in his voice, and um, I have sympathy for anyone that experiences these debilitating headaches. So let's all send him a, a silent prayer to get better, and hopefully he'll be back tomorrow night. Uh, in the meantime, we have an incredible show for tonight. This all began back in the 90s, really, when uh, Richard was featured on CNN, pointing his finger to a picture of the Mars face. And NASA has, of course, denied that the face is anything but ruins, and they sent some more probes and took some more pictures, and and they said, see, look, this, this thing is not a face at all. One side of it is completely collapsed. It's just some old mesa, and it's crumbling, and it's very old, but it's not a face. It's definitely not a face. So I saw that CNN uh, segment, and I took that to heart, and I, I decided to follow Richard from then on because nobody else was calling this out. He had the chutzpah to stand up and say, hey, look at this, and this is something extraordinary. And so I... I give him the greatest credit for doing that back in the day. Now, um, let me, let's see, let me read the promo for tonight's show, which is called 3D Art of the Gods. Now, what if an ancient group of ET gods carved the rock planets and moons in our solar system? The entire surface of Mars and Earth are covered with reliefs crafted by highly advanced beings. What if the towering spires, arches, monoliths, murals, and monuments in Arches National Park, Utah, purported by mainstream archaeologists and geologists as erosion, are actually grandiose 3D models imbued with hyperdimensional technology? Could these anomalous time capsules include encoded directions for initiating magical portals to other dimensions? Tonight, we explore part one of an ongoing discussion in which astral Samaritan and metaphysical researcher Jonathan Womack, that's me, presents his astonishing theories gleaned from mountains, and I mean mountains, of evidence supporting my claim that the key to disclosure is literally staring us in the face. That's what we'll be going through tonight. And uh, let me tell you how to get to my items for tonight, my slides. You go to the website, theothersideofmidnight.com. That's our URL. And you Scroll down and click on the banner for tonight's show, the 3D Art of the Gods. That takes you to the show page. 
and you'll see the banner again and just below the banner you'll see uh, a link to my items. So let's go ahead and get started here. Um, item one is a timeline. And as I mentioned, uh, Richard should be included on this timeline. That uh, was in the 90s. But when I was a boy uh, in 1968, I first noticed there was something funky going on in the American Southwest. And I made a mental note to come back and have another look at, at some point down the road. And then some years go by, and I, I went back out there in 1975. I took my guitar. Um, I was staying with friends in the Rocky Mountains, and you know, I go sit on the cliff with my guitar, playing some songs, and <laughs> it was it was pretty awesome. Uh, at one point, they said, "Hey, we're going to a hootenanny this weekend." I said, "What's a hootenanny?" They said, "Well, the guys are coming down from the mountain. They're loggers. They go up there for three months." And then they come back down and we have a big party and, uh, you know, whatever you can hoot in, you know, a jug of whiskey or uh, whatever, um, that's what we do. So I brought my guitar and saw all these country folk and it was like right out of a movie. You know, I got the guy with the spoons and the, and the whiskey jug and another guitar player. And well, that was one of the best times I've had in my life. It was so much fun. Um, and then I went back out there in 2008 and again, noticed that um, you know, it was just a reminder that these anomalous carvings were all over the Rocky Mountains. And again, I thought, well, I wasn't ready yet. That's what it was. I, I just wasn't ready to jump into this with both feet because I knew it would be something that would be life-changing and it would just take over my life. So I still wasn't quite ready. And then uh, in 2010, I published my book, Old Souls, which is the story, it's a fictional novel about um, the folks who escaped Mars destruction, and they come to Earth, and they settle in uh, Montana. And they have these underground cities inside the mountains and below ground and so forth, and um, that was a chance for me to get some of these ideas out on paper. But again, I had not accepted um, any kind of role in investigating any of this seriously, and um, I just had a lot going on in my life. So uh, December 2020, we had Scott Walter on the show to talk about the Utah monolith. And that was another nudging, uh, from my point of view, that was just a way of nudging me again to say, hey, you remember, you're, you're going to go take a look at this again one of these days. And I thought, yeah, I, I need to go take a serious look at that. But I still wasn't quite ready. I was resisting. And then in August of 2021, Keith Morgan, our engineer for tonight, um, did a show uh, featuring his vacation photos from Arches Park. And when I saw those pictures, that was it. Any resistance I had was completely shattered. And I realized in that moment, I had to take this on because nobody else was. And I 
after the show, I, I started working on a video that I uh, posted on my YouTube channel in, in September, uh, pointing out some of this stuff in Arches Park at Balanced Rock. Little did I know at that time <laughs> that it would lead me here. I've come so far in a short time, it seems like. Um, then in October 2022, last October, uh, I got to do a full show with Richard, highlighting some of this stuff that I had found, all these, all of these sun slots and sight lines and all these celestial alignments. And the, the biggest find at that time was the sun coming up on the fall equinox and it shines through these, I call them the sacred portals. There, there are arches in this wall at Park Avenue in Arches Park. And they're shining through and they're striking this huge cliff mural that's about 700 feet high. And it's lighting up these four points on the mural. And I'm like, I got to find out what these four points are, what it means. This is super important. Um, they left this for us. And it's for us to unravel and decode. And once we do, um, I feel like we are supposed to reconnect with these folks that carved the Earth and the, the Moon and Mars and all of the other solid planets in our solar system, as well as uh, many other systems. So uh, then fast forward to January, just about three months ago, I'm sitting here in my office and looking at all this marvelous stuff on Google Earth, which is what I use to uh, do a lot of this research. And I was just feeling very frustrated because I couldn't figure out what was going on with all the lights in Arches Park. They do things, it's like beam splitters on steroids. There's lights going, there's this whole architecture of lights that is invisible to the naked eye, but when you're out of body, you can look for it and find, say, oh, wow, look at this. And I, I just couldn't grasp what it is, what it was that I was seeing. And it was getting to me. And I, I just, I, I said out loud with as much psychic muster as I could command, I said, please, just, just show me, give me eyes to see. I'm missing something. What is it? And so I go to bed that night. I go into my my trance. And next thing I know, I'm flying through space. And it's very beautiful and peaceful. And along come three beings, uh, humanoid-looking. They're spirits. And they come gliding up beside me. They're about, they kept their distance. They're about 40 feet off to my right side. They didn't come right up close. Maybe they didn't want to scare me, or I don't know. But um, I could tell that these are three of the folks that are involved in this galactic artwork. And, you know, everything's telepathy on the other side. So they say to me, ready? <laughs> I say, yes, I am. And off we go. And they take me on a tour from planet to planet, solar system to solar system. 
and I'm looking at all this incredible beauty and magnificent artwork where they sculpt the entire surface, every square foot of these planets and moons is sculpted. There's no place on Earth and Mars that is not sculpted. So <clears throat> this, was a, this was a big deal, and uh, there was a lot of information sort of downloaded into my mind, and I was having some trouble uh, disseminating it and trying to understand everything. It was overwhelming. You know, it reminds me of Spock in the, the first Star Trek movie when he mind melds with Beejer. He's like, oh, my God, uh, I can't handle it. That, that's kind of how I felt. <laughs> so in uh, March 2023, I reached out to my, my friend Scott Tatamble, <clears throat> who's a friend of the show. He's been on a few times. He does past life regressions. And I said I, I could use some help, Scott, trying to unravel this information because it's just it's overwhelming and I'm having a hard time. So he hypnotizes me and um, gosh, it was several hours went by. It seemed like it went by pretty quick, but it was like three hours and it was very intense. And um, there were parts where I was sobbing uncontrollably. And that, that actually helped because afterwards, I started getting uh, more of this stuff where I could get a handle on it and see what was going on. And it just gave me a little more perspective. So that was very helpful. And then uh, here we are tonight. And I've made, like I said, in, in a short period of time, I've made the most astounding discoveries as to these hidden chambers within the monuments of Arches Park. And they have these portals, these control kind of areas um, that are re related to the, the huge arches all over Arches Park. For example, Delicate Arch is the most popular arch in the park. It's the most visited. There's 1.5 million people visit Arches Park every year. And I have the feeling from watching the YouTube videos and vacation videos that indeed a lot of them, like Keith Morgan, um, they come away feeling that this is much more than erosion and that we are being lied to and that humans have been conditioned to believe that this is an erosion. Now, <clears throat> Uh, this next Saturday, uh, I'm going to do a show with Richard uh, focused on Arches Park and these chambers. And I've come to know these people that are featured in all over the Earth and Mars. Um, so they're, they're becoming like family. It's, it's really weird. But um, I've discovered what the delicate arch actually is and what's going on and that's going to have to come in, a, in a, a third show which I don't know maybe in six or eight weeks from now we can do I can't wait to talk about that because it's it's really extraordinary and I'm I'm just shocked that nobody has has delved into this before or noticed it because it really didn't take a lot 
uh, to figure out what Delicate Arch was and what's going on there. So I'm, my hope is that I will be able to get other people, lots of other people out there to see this art for what it is. It's 3D art. And it's the most incredible thing you will ever see. It's as the sun moves across the sky, the artwork changes because like I said, it's 3D. So, and, and it definitely helps that I'm a 3D modeler. And in 3D modeling, we use UV maps, ultraviolet maps to give the impression of height and depth. For example, you're looking at a your computer screen, like I am on my desk here, it's a 32-inch screen, and you're looking at a flat screen. It's not three-dimensional, but these 3D models look like they have depth and height, and um, that's done with the ultraviolet maps. So I'm wondering if, you know, do, do we need to put on 3D glasses? Will that help us to see this stuff better? Or some of those UV glasses, um, you see on TV or, but it's something like that. We have to get people to see what I am seeing so that they know beyond any reasonable doubt that all of this stuff is real. And when we get enough people to see this stuff, everything will change. And I believe this is disclosure waiting to happen. We don't have to go to Mars. We don't have to go to the moon or any other planets. This is right here on Earth, and it's all over the Earth. Um, next Saturday, I'm gonna touch on like Devil's Tower, Mount Sinai, which is a bedazzling area that you can't hardly pull your eyes away from. Um, Al Ula, Saudi Arabia is another extraordinary place. Uh, and it's everywhere I've been exploring these mountain ranges and every time it's the same thing. It's, they are carved and it's the same people, the same faces, the same characters in this greatest story never told. Uh, okay, so let's go to um, my item number one. Anunnaki creation myth. Now, I don't know if these folks are the Anunnaki. I think they're probably the Pleiadians. Um, but it could be, there's several races represented at Arches Park and they all work together. They're from different star systems. You have these serpents, you know, dragons, dragons, and more dragons. That's Arches Park is all dragons. And then you have humanoids in there as well. Um, so yeah, I'm thinking there's Palladians and some of these Anunnaki folks. And some of the stories I hear about the Book of Enki, I'm not too sure about that. That doesn't really sound like, some of it doesn't jive with what I'm seeing around the earth. Like I, I can't see them enslaving any humans. That, that part doesn't make sense to me, but um, yeah, it's probably these Anunnaki folks in there. And, um, so here's a snapshot of, of what I found so far, that there's millions of these sculpted busts across the earth, and they have this art style where they, they do back-to-back -back 
uh, bust. You know, somebody's looking to the left, somebody's looking to the right, and they're back to back, side by side, top and bottom. Uh, for example, the crown face on Mars that some of you might be familiar with, that's a perfect example of what we're going to see all over Arches Park and the planet, where the crown face is actually, it's three people. So you have these three faces side by side, but unlike um, in, what is it, South Dakota uh, with the presidents, um, I'm drawing a blank on one. Uh, Mount Rushmore. You know, you have the four presidents, you can see them. And no, that's not the way these folks do it. They'll put three faces side by side and then they squeeze them together so that they overlap about halfway on each other's face. So let's say you have Joe, Mary, and Sue. Uh, Joe, his left eye is going to be matched, overlapped with Mary's right eye. And then Sue, you know, you squeeze her in there, her eye overlaps with one of Mary's eyes. So what happens when you look at this, you see the face in the middle is the most um, that, that you see. And then you look and you go, oh, my gosh, there's a face here, too. There's another one on this side. And so that's what's going on. They use these artistic styles and their 3D art so that when you look at these features in Arches Park, let's say, uh, you'll see a face and then you look again, you go, oh, there's another face and there's another face. And then that face is made up of all these little faces and there's a whole scene going on and this is all telling a story. And the story begins in Earth orbit. When you look at the Earth in Earth orbit, which you can do on Google Earth, you can download it free. And uh, you look at the Earth and you can see the main characters in this story. You got this, I don't know, Queen Hera, I've been calling her. Um, you got some humanoids. And indeed, in this slide here, um, I have a picture of the Earth and I added some color. Uh, actually, I didn't add anything. I'm not adding or taking away from any of these images. I'm just enhancing them with the tools available in Adobe Premiere Pro. So I've come to, like I said, recognize these folks and what's going on in these scenes that are depicted on the earth. So this picture here, it shows um, these busts will have different, uh, they're, they're doing different things. One is their, I call it singing. And you can see here these like two largest faces here, their mouths are open. You know, it kind of looks like Bart Simpson is shouting or something. <laughs> but their mouths are open, and I think they're singing. This is all about creation. This is the story of them making all this stuff. And you can see with the red arrow there, um, I'm calling this character Slinky because he is one of the main characters, and we will see him all through Arches Park, it's just everywhere on Mars. He's a main player. And Slinky is coming out of the mouth of this kind of purple face here who's singing. And Slinky is blowing. So these faces are either going to be singing or they're blowing. And they're blowing, it's you know, like some mist or 
smoke or some water, you know, they're blowing. And we're going to see that a lot. And then other times their mouth is just closed. They're not doing anything. But Slinky is blowing out of his mouth and you have South America. And let's see, um, perspectives, yes. Uh, you start in Earth orbit and you look at these scenes and then you descend toward the planet and you will see that these scenes change. And as you get closer and closer, it continues on. Uh, the scale of this is so astounding. Uh, as you get closer down, let's say to Arches Park, um, and you stop uh, 10,000 feet above the ground, for example. And you look down and you can see this scene depicted on the ground. And the artwork is, the canvas is the surface of the planet. And all of these monuments and mesas that are sticking up from the ground in Arches Park are part of that canvas it gives it this 3d element instead of just a flat canvas as the surface of the earth you have all these things sticking up and that is part of the art that's why i call it 3d art because it has it's very dimensional uh, one of these days i hope to go to arches park and see this firsthand but um uh we have four minutes until the break okay let's see let's go to the next slide here uh, number two star trek next generation 3d poster this is a framed poster i have on my <clears throat> on my wall excuse me and it was a while and i kept looking at this because it's a 3d poster and it just looks like there's a bunch of fuzzy nothing there and this is a great example of what you see at arches park when you look at all of these ruins it just it doesn't look like much until you kind of step back a little bit and you know you kind of look at it sideways or a little cross-eyed <laughs> and then at some point boom it all comes it becomes clear and you see it and it's it's so striking it's like oh my god i see it and and this poster there's three romulan warships uh staring down the u.s enterprise and it appears as though this two-dimensional poster has depth and you could kind of put your hand right in right in through it. So this is a good example <clears throat> of what we have with Arches Park. Um, it's 3D art, but nobody's seen it. And we're told it's erosion, so nothing happens. Um, and then my item three, again, is a vintage Thor blacklight poster. I wish we had a miles long blacklight. We could hang over the park with some helicopters or something. And it would light up, you know, you do this at night and it would light up the park that you would you would see all of the 3D art in, in all of its glory. Um, who knows if that will ever happen, but uh, that would be pretty cool. So my item number four uh, through items number nine i'm just showing the tools that i'm using as i said i'm not adding or subtracting any information i'm just enhancing the information that's already there it's uh, 
uh, black and white. You know, it's the chroma and the luma. It's the black and white and color information that's already there. So those are my tools of the trade. And when we come back from the break, uh, we're going to get um, a little deeper into this. And uh, yeah, so stick around. We'll be back after this short break. You're on the other side of midnight with Richard C. Hoagland. My name is Jonathan Womack. We'll be right back. C. Hoagland and an array of fascinating guests as we explore real-world topics and events through the lens of hyperdimensional physics. Join Club 19.5 to gain access to hundreds of archived shows. Only $9.95 per month. Listen in each Saturday and Sunday to the most compelling and thoughtful broadcast heard in over 160 countries around the world. Real research. Real data. Real science. The other side of midnight.com. The other side of midnight.com. Talk radio with pictures on demand. the other side of midnight my name is jonathan womack <clears throat> that song is coma by ty tabor and um, we're going to open up the phone lines for the third hour tonight let me see if i can 
find that number for you folks. Uh, let's see, it's on the website here somewhere. <laughs> I know it's 917-889-8802. 917-889-8802. So if you have a comment, a question, or a related anecdote, uh, we welcome your calls. Now let's get back to uh, my items for this evening. Um, I just went through the tools that I use to enhance these uh, Google Earth screenshots that I, I use to show what is actually going on and, and what we're looking at here. Uh, item number 10, uh, when you look at the planet from orbit, you always want to look the you have to learn how to see this stuff. There's a process. So um, you always look for the, the biggie and then you look at all the smaller stuff inside the big thing. So when you're looking at the planet from orbit, there's going to be, there's going, there's going to be one big face. Uh, no matter what part of the planet, you turn the planet around in Google Earth and you turn it upside down and there's going to be a huge face. So in item 10, you can see um, the image of Queen Hera there. And then item 11, I've added some uh, color and a little bit of purple there. Um, like I said, I went and added some ultraviolet light to some of these images to help bring out the 3D nature that you don't see on a flat screen or your cell phone or excuse me um so that's what i did i i just added a bit of uh purple and ultraviolet light to these slides so that they're easier to see and hopefully in you can see in slide 11 that there are multiple faces there and again they do this thing where they put faces kind of squeeze them together and they're overlapping. So when you look at it this way, you see something and you look here and you see something else. And it's just really fabulous the way uh, the level of architecture and art that goes into the, the planets is just stunning. Uh, item number 12, uh, image of Earth here, and then 13, I've put some color in there, and what I see is the head of Hera. She has these horns, so this is her top of her head. The tan area is her crown, and uh, the green area at the bottom of the screen is her forehead. The, the bottom of her face is cut off in, in this image here, but what I found is that very common to see uh, when when the light comes up in the morning, when the sun comes up, it will light up chakras of these people, um, whether it's Mars or, or the Earth. Uh, for example, in Arches Park, you can, on Google Earth, there's a sundial tool, so you can click that on and move the sundial left to right and you can see the sun just peek up over the horizon in the morning because you want to look at this stuff 
uh, in the morning and at sunrise. And in Arches Park, the rangers refer to the morning hour as the blue hour. And at night, they call it the golden hour. Because when the sun reflects, this is the key. It's when the sun refracts off of Earth's atmosphere, that's when the, mag <clears throat> the magic happens. So in the morning, you will see at first light, these points light up in Arches Park. And some of them, you'll find that it's somebody's crown chakra or it's their Ajna chakra that is three to six inches in front of your forehead. The crown chakra is three to six inches, uh, as Georgia Lambert has said on this show many times, <laughs> the crown chakra is three to six inches uh, above the top of your head. And so this artwork features these chakras quite a bit. It's, it's a common element and it's really beautiful too. Uh, item 14, this person or this creature, or I, I have to start coming up with more names for these people because you got to call them something. And it's like you have these serpents and dragons uh, from whatever planet they're from. And they're like the dragons you see in popular fiction or the dragon smog from Lord of the Rings is another example. But then you also have these, I don't know if this is a dog or a dragon really, but I think it's a dragon and it's like an intelligent dragon. And as you can see here, the, he has a crown on top of his head, always the crowns. And I even look for the crowns to find this stuff because when you find the crown, you know there's a head attached to it and the, the crowns are very noticeable. So you have these intelligent telepathic beings that are part of this uh, galactic federation, if you will. Uh, like I said, there's a number of uh, different races from different planets and different star systems that are, they work together and they go around and create these planetary systems and they're all carved and it's really magnificent. So uh, in 15, I, <clears throat> I added some color so you can see it a little better. And uh, I guess that's about all I want to say there. But oh, we're going to see this this figure on Earth too, everywhere, not just uh, from Earth orbit, but right when you get down into Arches Park, right down to ground level. I mean, it's just these main characters are shown over and over and over again. Now, number sixteen. Um, yeah, oh, here here we go. I was just talking about this. Uh, in number 17, you you can see here is this same character. This, this is the same dude. <laughs> and here he is big as day on um, the ocean floor. Like I said, every square foot of the earth is sculpted. And I had painted a few of these images and shared them on a show that uh, I did a couple of months ago. Richard uh, was off that night, and I had Russ Targ on the show and um, showed these these paintings. So one of our listeners emailed me the next day and said that 
because I don't know anybody that is is doing this. And I, I felt kind of silly uh, asserting that the ocean floor was sculpted. I, I'm like, people are going to think I'm nuts. But he said, no, there's a book written in the 90s. Here's a link. It's on archivenet.org. And the guy says that the Pacific Ocean that we're looking at now here is, is a face. The whole thing is a big face. And these kind of islands over here are the pituitary gland in, in, in the face's brain. And, and I thought that was interesting. But as I, I thumbed through the book to look at the pictures and the captions, I realized that this guy, he had the right idea, but he was not getting the big picture. And his assessment was colored by his belief system, meaning that um, <clears throat> he was brought up uh, as a Christian, and so they were very kind of Bible-oriented scenes that he was seeing around the earth. He pointed out, you know, eight or ten areas where he felt this was a scene from the Bible. And in my mind, this goes back millions and millions of years. This is way before the Bible or the book of Enki, this goes way back. Uh, let's see, item number 18. Um, yes, here's this reptoid queen. Um, I'm, I, I am going, I don't know the book of Enki, like Keith knows it, but I know a little bit about it. And there's a story that a reptoid mated with or genetically was created, it was made with a humanoid, a reptile and, and, a, and a humanoid. So you get this reptoid um, characters and you see this all over the earth. And uh, it seems to be this queen is, <clears throat> she's kind of the, the big mommy of, of the whole shebang there. And uh, let's see. 19, Faces of Mars. Yeah, and item 19, again, I brought up with using color and some ultraviolet light. <clears throat> now, at first glance, this doesn't look prob probably like anything. It just looks like a big mess. But like that Star Trek 3D poster, if you look at this for a bit and let your eyes soak it in, you start to see these faces and these people and they're all overlapping and you just keep looking and there's more and more and it just goes on and on. And indeed, this is all real. The whole planet is carved and it's really beat up and it's very old. But um, yeah, this is what we're looking at. This is all art. And it's created by these godlike beings that have advanced science that is pretty far beyond ours. And a lot of times what I do is when I'm sitting at my desk here at the computer and I'm looking at Google Earth and I see these faces on Mars, for example, I'll get up and step back seven or eight feet from the computer monitor, because I, I want to see what the big is. Where's the big face on the planet? 
And when you're close to your monitor or your cell phone, you know, you might not see it, but when you back up and you look, and I even, I have reading glasses and then like regular glasses off and on, my regular glasses, and boom, there she is, or whatever it is, then you can see it. So you have to use perspective to see these things. And as you change your perspective, so changes the scene and the artwork. Uh, let's go to item 20. This is a Cydonia Oblique. Now this is a pretty good angle if you want to, I encourage people to go to Google Earth and look at Mars and the Earth in this new light understanding that it's 3D and again, it's going to look like a big mess. It just looks like nothing but crap and ruins. And, but in fact, the, it's the most beautiful artwork. And if I could hand out magic glasses to everyone, I would. And I can tell you, uh, if you go to Arches Park and put on the glasses and look around, it would be one of the most profound experiences of your life. Um, it's it, it bring you to tears, take your breath away. It's just absolutely remarkable and very overwhelming because what I've found is that we're looking at uh, this image here, for example, and we see a, a scene depicted and at the top of this image, you can see uh, there's some text there. It says the face on Mars. That, in fact, is the face. We're looking down at Cydonia area of Mars. And here's the really cool thing. If, uh, let's say we're in an airplane, or, or better yet, we have a magic belt that allows us to fly. So we're looking down. We're going to fly over to the face of Mars, and we're going to look back on this scene from that perspective. It's the opposite direction. And when we do that, all of this artwork changes and it's a whole new scene. And this is true if you go east, west, north, or south. When you look at the same area from the four different directions, there's four different scenes. And then it's even more than that. It's the uh, the midsummer and the midwinter, so it's all changing. And somehow these godlike beings are able to create this artwork so that no matter what perspective you're looking at, it changes. And you fly over here and you look back at it from this, and it changes. The whole thing is so amazing. It's hard to wrap your mind around. <laughs> Excuse me. So uh, hopefully you guys can see some of the faces in this in this image. And uh, if you were to descend toward the surface, uh, go right down to ground level, you would continue to see the smaller artwork that makes up all these larger scenes. And let's go to item 21. Yeah, this is another example where I've just brought out some of the colors and 
um, highlighting some of the shapes and the sculptures. As I said before, the surface of the planet is the main canvas, and then you have these little mountains and mesas that are oftentimes these features are the crowns of these faces. That's very common. The, the face is on the ground and the crown is some little mountain. And when you look at it from an angle, you see the ground and this mountain is, it's this 3D, you get its 3D effect. It's really cool. Sometimes you, you look at a cliff wall in Arches Park and it looks flat. And then you watch as the sun goes across the sky and it changes. And all of a sudden it looks like there's a face sticking out from this flat cliff. And you're like, well, how, how the heck? The way they, they do this is, is extraordinary. Uh, and then at another time of day, it may look like the cliff wall is concave and you see someone else's face. So as, as the day progresses, it, it's their storytelling. This is all telling this greatest story never told. Um, hopefully we can get some linguists uh, to, to join our cause and um, deciphering the language that's on these cliff murals is very key to learning um, all of the secrets about these people and where they come from and how this all came to be. I'm getting some of it just from uh, studying the artwork, you start getting a feel for what's going on. Like I said before, the blowing and the singing, this common theme of creation is is throughout all this, this artwork. All right, so let's go to item 22, another oblique. And this is again in the Cydonia area. I think you can see here that this is um, some faces and you can see they got crowns. Um, the face on Mars is on the right. And all I did was enhance some of the color, add a little bit of UV light, and hopefully that's enough for people to see that the, this is all real, and um, there, you get a feel for the style, too. These artists have a, a style and techniques, and, and uh, they're the same on Mars as they are on Earth. Uh, okay, let's go to the next item. Mars item 23. Mars Megaglyph. And as I was saying before, uh, when you're looking at the planets from orbit, there's going to be a really big phase, and then there's smaller faces inside that. And at first glance, this image looks, it doesn't look like anything. It just looks like a, a big mess. But if you let your eye just kind of wander and take it in, or you lean back, or you step away back from your computer monitor, you're going to see that it's all made up of faces and it's the same main characters in the story. Um, I gotta start giving these 
people names <laughs> and they're from all different races um, you've got the reptiles and reptoids you've got humans you've got Anunnaki uh, Palladians uh, I don't even know how to describe some of these people but um, yeah there's a whole group of them and they've come together you know this is this all means to me this all means hope and my hope is that this will give people some hope when you realize that this is real and you understand that we are not alone in the universe and the universe is a very active place and there's all this stuff going on with these federation and um we're some new kids on the block the human race are kind of new to the, the show here and um i hope one day that we become accepted into this galactic community and indeed today's world is, is pretty messed up i think a lot of you will agree we have a lot of uh problems and in my experience on the other side there is a spiritual war taking place for control of the earth and it's between some bad people who crave power and control over others and the other group are people that believe in the kind of individual freedom and you know, like small government no dictators you know that whole thing so basically we need to enter this era um, since the 2012 galactic alignment we have an opportunity to enter this new era where we need to kick the dictators to the curb and right now it seems like the dictators of the world are kicking our butts and <laughs> america seems to be going down the tubes you know open borders and all this kind of stuff and i mean it's not looking good for um the US and, and the rest of the, the free world. So we'll see how it goes over these next few years. And um, hopefully my research in Arches Park can, can help in this process where we get the upper hand on these dictators who want to enslave every, like JFK said years ago, there's a group of people they want to enslave every man, woman, and child on the planet. All right, item number 24. It's another megaglyph. And the cool thing about this is, you know, you have this Valus Marineris feature on Mars. That is, it's the, I believe it's the longest, deepest, biggest canyon in the solar system. And it kind of looks like somebody just, took um you know maybe a screwdriver and just scraped it across the surface of mars and left this huge gouge and in my book old souls i i talk about this war that happened where this um fifth planet blew up 
and Mars was the moon of this planet, and Mars was damaged pretty heavily uh, when that event happened, and the rubble from that planet became the asteroid belt. And, now, this is a pretty common theory. Um, but what's cool that I, I did not know before was this canyon, Ballas Marineris, is actually part of the artwork. And when you color it and paint it, you really get a full grasp of what they are depicting and it's the same thing i keep talking about this creation myth where you and in this instance it's a dragon is blowing and then that turns into a dragon and then that dragon is blowing and that turns into another dragon and and this kind of thing and um the, the shiny part of, of Valis Marineris, I kind of, I have it highlighted as kind of a yellow, golden color um, that serves as the crown for a lot of the faces that are sculpted around this area. And uh, I can tell you, when you get eyes for this and it, it clicks, like, like it did for me with my Star Trek poster, when I saw those three Romulan ships and the 3D effect, when, when it clicked, I just, I was like, oh my God, that is so cool. And it's the same thing here. When you, when you get it, it's going to be absolutely marvelous. And uh, it's brought me to my knees at times. I'm just, I've been so humbled by this experience and this process and all of my research. And it is, um, well, you can see why I was reluctant to to jump into this with both feet because it is 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 very overwhelming, and I I have a tough some days I I feel like I'm just gonna go bust. Uh, let's see, item twenty five. We have what a couple of minutes coming up to the break, so uh, let's have a look at this slide here, and. <clears throat> As you can see in the middle here, um, this is Mars, obviously, and you have, we're looking down on top of the head of this, this dragon face, this serpent, and the serpent has a crown. There's always these crowns, and in the center of that crown, I, I see this as their crown chakras, just because after you look at this stuff, I'm starting to recognize the different dragons, for example, in Arches Park. I'm like, oh, that's, uh, you know, so-and-so dragon. And um, so when you get to that point, you know, it's time to take a break and step away from the computer. But um, yeah, so here we have this dragon character in yellow. And... Um, Around this, you have all of this other artwork going on, and in green, you can see uh, some of these other facial features, and the whole thing is just absolutely stunning when you see it in 3D. Um, let's see. Okay, we got the break coming up, so you're listening to The Other Side of Midnight with Richard Hoagland. My name's Jonathan Womack. We'll be back after these short messages. Don't go away.
the other side of midnight.com talk radio with pictures on demand liberate your hyperdimensional time scale and non-linearly access over 400 hours of conversation at the cutting edge of science and thought Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive content that fits your interests and time schedule. Filter episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs $9.95 a month, $0.33 a day. Talk radio with pictures on demand. The other side of midnight.com. And welcome back to the other side of mid- midnight. Seem to have lost John. No, I'm here. Oh, you weren't yeah. watching the chat. Oh, I didn't see the chat. Sorry. <laughs> yes, welcome back to the other side of midnight. My name is Jonathan Womack. Uh, Richard is under the weather tonight. And we're talking about these time capsules, uh, these cosmic time capsules, if you will, that were left for us to find and decode. And hopefully one day we can reestablish contact with these godlike beings who sculpted the 
planets and moons in our solar system. Now we'll be opening the lines from uh, for the third hour. And the phone number, if you have a question, comment, or anecdote, the phone number is 917-889-8802. So let's uh, continue where I left off, which I believe, uh, go back to my items here. We have uh, number, number 26, another megaglyph. Now, the cool thing about this image, I I think it's fairly obvious that um, you've got an orange kind of dragon head on, on the right and on the left, uh, another dragon figure, if you will, and the, uh, a mother and daughter is, is what I see here. And I see there's, the, there's so many patterns when, when you spend days, weeks, months, and, and a year and a half now looking at this stuff, you find these patterns, there are many, and they keep repeating and repeating, whether it's Mars or the Earth. And one of these patterns is family. And this is just another facet of this artwork that gives me hope because these serpent, you know, reptoids or reptiles, dragons, whatever they are, all these different races, one thing they have in common is they hold family very dear. And so you have these patterns uh, in Arches Park, for example, the depictions are all the same you have the mom and the dad, the daughter, so he's like the firstborn son, the oldest son who's going to like, take over from the dad and this sort of thing. And it, you just see this over and over and over. And they have, some of them have small families, some of them have large families, but they are just like us. They're family oriented, even though they don't look like us, and and these beings are all telepathic too. Um, you know, this orange dragon on the right is not going to say, "Hey, how's it going?" They're going to talk to you telepathically, and this is the communication system of the galaxy. Everyone communicates telepathically, and many of the UFOs that we see around Earth, they are visiting us. This is, the, our solar system is like a gallery in a museum. Our, our galaxy is a museum, it's a galactic museum. And the different star systems are different galleries of that. Just like if you go to the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum here in Boston, you walk from room to room and they have the different art and sculptures. and So it's the same thing here. And people come from all over the galaxy to see what's here in our quaint little system. And, you know, you see UFOs going under the water and 
they're going to look at the the seafloor and all the the beautiful sculpting that is there and this is the theme across the galaxy where you have all these beings who have reached a point of interstellar travel they spend a lot of their time they go around from system to system and they just take in <clears throat> this beautiful artwork that has been left by these godlike beings and you know like Richard and Keith and a lot of our listeners I grew up uh, on Star Trek and and there was a common theme in a lot of the episodes uh, in Star Trek where there was some race that went around the galaxy and planted the seeds of human civilization on many different planets and many different star systems. And the funny thing is that seems to be what's going on uh, with this federation of all these different beings. They go around and uh, make these planets and sculpt them up. And I mean, there's more to it than that. There's uh, a lot of technology and you know, the hyperdimensional field, of course, that Richard um, has been studying for a lot of years. And uh, so they're doing all this. It's all beyond us right now. But um, one day we're going to get there and we're going to meet these folks and we will reunion with them. That is my hope. And the fact that they're family oriented, that uh, makes me feel pretty good. All right, uh, let's see, number 27. Now, here's an image <clears throat> that those of you familiar with Mars, and you may recall, uh, I believe it's referred to as the Tom Flanders uh, Queen, that is a ground sculpture near the face of Mars. And you can look it up online, just put in the Tom Flanders Mars Queen or something like that, it should come up. And But here she is big as day uh, on, on the surface as seen from orbit. And the way to see this is you go to Google Earth and you click on the Google Mars. And there's a sidebar menu on the left, you'll see that there are subcategories and one of them is world maps. And there are six uh, choices for the world maps. One of them is colorized Mars. And this is uh, one of this. This is an example of that where we're seeing the topography. Um, the blue is the lowest area. And what we're looking at here is uh, depiction of this queen woman and in the blue area I believe is there's a face in there of somebody I don't know who it is but on the other side you don't see it in this image uh, I show it in the next slide but on the other side of that blue dark blue circle there is another person depicted in red and this blue circle is between these two people. So this blue, whoever this is, I believe that is a face in there. It's somebody, I don't know if it's like 
the priest that marries them or <laughs> I don't know. But obviously it's of some significance. And when you're trying to put all this together, just looking at the artwork, um, you know, it's hard to know uh, if your interpretation, because so like Laura London said when I showed her some of this stuff last week, this is your, in, this is your interpretation. And that is true. But that doesn't mean that my interpretation is wrong. Um, now let's go to item number 28. And as I just mentioned, now we're seeing the other side of that dark blue uh, circular area. And gosh, what do you know? Here is another figure of, I don't know, a queen or, I, I, no, I think it's a, I think it's a male figure, a, a king or, I don't know if they have kings or queens uh, in the Palladian star systems, but uh, obviously these are two uh, important characters in this greatest story never told. And I did not add any enhancements to this slide in the previous slide. I don't think you really need any. I, I'm hoping that it's obvious. Okay, let's go to slide 29. All right, just another example of what looks like a big mess of a dead planet. But in reality, what we're looking at is just magnificent sculpting on a scale that is so far beyond humans that I, I don't know if I'll ever get my mind wrapped around everything because they incorporate so many different elements into this 3D art. Every time I think I found the most coolest, greatest, awesome thing, the next day I find something else and that blows me away. And so it's just this continuous pattern of, of discovery. Um, so especially the last three months since I had <clears throat> that uh, out-of-body experience where they took me on this tour of the, the galaxy. So I'm hoping that if you look at this enough or you step back from your computer, it's going to click and you're going to have that moment like I did where the Star Trek poster comes into view and the 3D part of it you can see it and it's like oh my god I see look at all this and all of a sudden you're going to see all these people and within that is more people and it goes all the way down to the planet surface and right down to the ground and human scale and uh, all the way up from earth orbit so it's really a spectacular perspective of Mars orbit or Earth orbit all the way down to ground level. I mean, these people are ridiculous. And there was one time where I, I saw something and I just laughed out loud like a schoolboy. And I said, oh, come on, you guys are just showing off now. This is so ridiculous. Um, let's see, item 30. I just want to inject a little humor here because there are so many dragons in Arches Park 
and a lot of them are pretty fierce looking and they're breathing all this fire and smoke and then boy it's really dramatic and striking and uh, here we have smog <laughs> he's, like, he's pretty bummed because he's getting a bad rap and so wherever these serpents and dragons whatever planet they're from um they're not like the dragons we have in the movies so much they're not these vile creatures that go around you know torturing humans and we we should fear them and all that uh they are very fierce looking but they are intelligent creatures and they're very intelligent and very advanced and they're telepathic so we have to change our attitudes about a lot of this stuff so that we when we see these sculptures in Arches Park and beyond, we need to understand that these are intelligent beings that if any of these people wanted to take us over or do us harm or destroy the earth or anything like that, they could have done it a long time ago. This is not in their interest. These are benevolent races of beings and Again, they've left all of this for us to discover. And let's see, we're about halfway through my slides. And number 31. Again, we have a screenshot of Google Mars. I've not enhanced this in any way. It's just, um, you know, from the menu, I selected the topographical Mars map. And the first thing I noticed <clears throat> in this view was this sort of Queen Hera that uh, some of the cultures on Earth have made statues and like paintings and sculptures of this character that I've been referring to as Queen Hera. I don't know who she is, but she seems to be the leader of, of all of this. And I believe she's the one that was chosen as sort of this ambassador. She would be genetically mated with uh, humans and serpents. So she'd be half serpent, half human. And this would, I think in, in this story, She's the central figure because this brought everyone together. This was a great thing that she did to, I don't know if she volunteered for this or, um, you know, I'm still piecing together the this, this story as I'm reading it in Arches Park and other places on the earth. But there's something about her becoming the first person to be genetically mutated or born. She's born with the DNA of both a, a human and a reptile. So and that's where we get the reptoid name, which means half human and half reptoid. Um, let's see, let's go to number 32. Item 32, this is uh, 
there's no enhancement on this. This is just what you see if you go to Google Mars. Now, there are a couple of things on the Google Mars or Google Earth, whichever one you're using. Uh, you can open up the sidebar menu, and there's these selections you can make. You want to click on Terrain, and the other one is Photorealistic. And if you click on those two, you'll get this kind of image. I do not have the sundial turn on at this point. Otherwise, you would see the sundial in the top left corner of, of this image. But using the sundial is very helpful because it shows you what the sun is doing uh, as it moves across the sky and what it's highlighting. And I think in this image here, this was after the first Mars face. I think that was the Viking orbiter took those pictures. I could be wrong, but as I said before, NASA was like, no, we sent some probes. They took some more pictures. It's not a face. It just looks like some crappy Mesa and it's all beat up and it's collapsed and there's no face there. Come on. And of course, NASA is never a straight answer. And even without enhancement, I, th I think you can see just to the right of this Mesa that has become known as the Mars face, um, within this sort of black square that it is around it, you can see the face of a woman, a side profile. She's looking to the right. Indeed, the entire surface of Mars, every square foot is sculpted. So all of this whole area that just looks like a big mess, it looks like nothing. But no, if you had a pair of magic glasses, you would be astonished at what is there because it is all sculpted in this magnificent style of the gods. And uh, I believe I enhance this. Yes, in item number 33, I've added some color to help bring out the nature of what we're looking at and uh, added a little bit of UV to the Mars face. Um, so if you let your eyes just kind of drink this in and you have to look at it for a while, you're not going to see anything if you just glance at it and like, that's just a bunch of crap. But no, it isn't. If you let your eyes linger and you kind of lean back and this sort of thing, it is going to come into focus. It requires the right perspective, the right distance, the right angle. All of these elements figure in to seeing this for what it is. And, and in this you can see, um, at least I do, I, I see some of these characters that I've come to know uh, in the so-called collapsed area of the Mars face. The right side, as we look at it here, uh, I believe we're facing north. And from this angle, uh, it looks like the face is collapsed, but no. That is all faces within faces. And when you descend toward the planet and you get closer and closer, all of these faces are made up <clears throat> of smaller faces. 
And it's just a, a startling array of sculptures all fitting together. All right, let's go to item 34. All right, here's the Mars face again. I have not enhanced this in any way. I've simply used the Google Mars camera to flip it around 180 degrees so that we're now facing south. And as I had described before, whether you're on Mars or on Earth, you have this very cool element to all of this art where if you're facing north and you're looking down at this face, you will see one thing. And then if you glide over to the other end of the monument and you look back the other way, you're facing south, you're going to see something else. And here, I think that a face is, is pretty evident. I, I could be wrong. I, I hope folks are seeing this uh, without too much trouble. <laughs> and now the collapsed part of the face is on the left. And you also have to remember that the ground all around this is the main canvas, and that this face sticking up, this mesa, is part of that canvas. <clears throat> and if you ascend it into the sky and look down again, you and, and at an oblique angle, this is probably somebody's crown or something to that effect. This this becomes something else, and it's part of the overall sculpting of this planet's surface. All right, let's go back to Oops, oh, I lost, lost my place for a second here. Let me get back. I made one too many clicks. All right, item 30, let's see, where are we? Item 35, <clears throat> excuse me. Item 35, now we're down at ground level and we're looking at the collapsed side of this mesa and here you get a little more appreciation as i said before the ground and they use topography as well and i'm really going to show this uh, next saturday in arches park where i'll be showing in a clearer way how the topography figures into all of this so when you look at it from an angle <clears throat> you get this 3d effect between the ground, the surface of the planet, and these monuments that stick up. And you, when you see it, it's just the coolest thing because you, it's like the Star Trek poster. You go, oh my God, I see it, oh. Um, and this mesa is, uh, I believe it's a mile wide to give you some perspective. And there's a lot going on in here. Um, Boy, we'll find out much more about this feature in the years to come, is, is my prediction. Uh, let's see. Oh, and also, this, to me, this is a profile. It's a bust of a dragon. It's a dragon's head, and it's looking to the right. And if you look at it from the other side, it's a little clearer. But on this side, you have all of the 
so-called collapsed areas that are just other, it's just ultraviolet um, artwork that you have to look at it in the right way to see what's going on. Item 36, I've just uh, orbited the camera around a bit. And now I have the sundial feature turned on, and you can see in the upper left corner, uh, there's an icon for the sundial in that top uh, menu there. We have the various icons. You can turn on the sundial. And what I found is when you hover over the sundial, another set of icons appear. One of them is uh, there's two hourglass, no, two magnifying glasses for slowing down or speeding up the rate of the sundial. For example, the default setting is at a speed where if you move the sundial left or right, you can speed through a, an entire day of the sun moving across the sky in just like a minute. It goes pretty quick. But if you slow it down once, you click on the uh, the slower, slow it down, and that gives you a much more controlled uh, handle on moving the sun across the sky. So what I do is I, first thing I do is go to the morning where, you know, it's all black, it's night, and then you move it just a little bit and you can see the sun is now peeking up over the horizon and the sunlight is refracting off the atmosphere. And that's, like I said before, it's when the magic happens. And um, I'm probably going to be saying a lot in, in the future, the dragons come out at night because... <laughs> Uh, when the sun's going down on Earth, especially like in Arches Park, <clears throat> you have all of these dragon eyes lighting up. And I believe that another element to all of this artwork is that the stars and the constellations are in some way depicted on Earth's surface. And I'm not even sure how this is working, but it seems like when I'll be showing this next week in, in more detail, but um, it seems to be that these star systems and constellations and the seven sisters, uh, Palladian system, uh, all of these are depicted, um, you know, Orion, uh, the hunter, as uh, is an, is another common one that I see depicted on the ground or at the delicate arch complex or you know it's this kind of thing there's so many elements to this artwork when you think you've seen it all then you you find something else like the the star systems are, are being depicted so it's quite amazing um, so in this is another unenhanced image you you can see this image yourself if you go to Google Mars and, and punch this up and this is what you'll see. Uh, let's see, item 37. Oh, we've got a break coming up. So Keith, if you're there, uh, let's see. I don't have my chat window open, uh-oh. 
let's see. <laughs> um, yes, we need to take a break here. So let's do that real quick. Uh, you're listening to the other side of midnight.com. My name is Jonathan Womack. We will be back shortly. Don't touch that dial. And welcome back to the other side of midnight. My name is Jonathan Womack. Richard is off for the evening. Hopefully he'll be feeling better tomorrow and uh, be back for tomorrow night's program. Uh, we're talking about 3D art of the gods <clears throat> and the nature of Arches Park and the southwest of America and all these other places around the earth. Uh, let's see, let's go back to my slides here. Where were we? Number 37. Oh, the DNM Pyramid Base. Yeah, this is an area of Cydonia that um, Richard has studied for years. There's a lot going on here, but I don't think anybody has noticed before that this is actually a face. It's 3D art. Once you realize that everything is 3D art, 
that's when it really clicks. And you understand that these collapsed areas, um, one side of the face, it's not collapsed. That's just part of the illusion. So it's very important to you have to know how to look at this. You kind of have to learn like I did. I had to learn how to to see this. And then once it clicked, I'm looking all over the Earth and Mars and you just see everything. And it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see. And just like on Earth, these monuments have interiors. There are interiors in Arches Park that are hundreds of feet high, these caverns, and every inch of these interiors is the same thing, carved with all these glyphs and faces, and it's so beautiful and humbling, and we we have to find some people to go to Arches Park with some drones and send in the drones to these entrances that I, I found, I think there are like 200 entrances uh, so far in Arches Park. <clears throat> there are probably uh, several thousand, maybe 10,000 of these types of interior chambers uh, in the American Southwest. And then you take that and apply it to the rest of the planet. There are many, many, many chambers waiting for us to discover. And some of them have some magnificent technology that was left for us. And our job is to decode this stuff. So let's go to the next item, number 38. Yeah, another shot of Cydonia here. And I thought it was neat that you have one of the, I think that is Earth in the background, just above the horizon. I'm not sure, but um, you have the Mars face in the background there in that dark kind of black square. <clears throat> and we're looking over from Cydonia. And there's so many discoveries waiting on Mars for us. It's really, I keep using the word overwhelming, but it, that's exactly what it is because we need more people. We need help. Um, I'm one person and I, I can't do all this by myself. I can't bring this about by myself. I need a lot of help. And one of the things we need is for people to do what I'm doing, just use Google Earth or Google Mars to look at Cydonia or other places, uh, Valles Marineris or wherever, and look at it with your 3D eyes as if it's that Star Trek poster and it just looks like a big mess, but you just have to look at it in the right way and then it's going to click. And then you add some color, um, you know, Keith Laney, who is uh, another researcher who's a friend of the show, and he's been a guest uh, a number of times. 
uh, he's he had done some paintings of of Mars and some of these magnificent mountains that are actually creatures, you know, a bear or a bird or a phoenix or there's all these things. Uh, same thing on our on Earth. Um, he would be good at this because he's, you know, his eyes are more used to this. And um, but we need people like that to look at all this stuff and start cataloging these these faces and the 3D art and put it all together. Uh, when we do that, we'll get a good idea of the story of these godlike beings and what this is all about. All right, let's go to the next item here, um, number 39. All right, I'm kind of shifting our focus here from Mars back to Earth. And when I look at this, like I said before, you want to look at the, the biggie. You know, what's the, the biggest feature? Where's the big face? Uh, I know it's there. And in this case, you know, it's not so obvious, but I see the crown face of Mars. And I found this crown face all over Arches Park, which I will be showing next week. And I, I show it here as a very large face. Uh, if you go to my next slide, number 40, I've enhanced the colors so that if you let your eyes linger over this and maybe you need to step back from your computer a bit or whatever it takes uh, just just give it a few minutes and and look at this and with a little luck you're going to see uh, the crown face here uh, it's very huge. It takes up almost the whole face of the planet here. I've got a little red arrow pointing to it. Uh, that would be the chin of the crown face. And if you look closer as well, you see that um, the North American continent is just full of this 3D art down into South America. All the continents, it's all artwork. It's all faces of these same cast of characters, these serpents, these reptoids, humanoids, uh, other races, I, I don't know how to describe. But I am hoping that my enhancements here allow you to see some of the stuff that's going on uh, without me having to, to take you there and physically <laughs> visit Arches Park and that kind of thing. Uh, boy, there's just, it is really, it's nonstop artwork. You see it from orbit and then you get closer to the planet and you, the scene changes and it just keeps going and going. And when you ponder what it took to create this kind of brilliant uh, 3D imagery, it's, it really blows my mind. All right, let's go to the next slide, uh, number 40. Oh, is that the one? Wait, I think that's the one we're just looking at. Number 41. 
yeah, here's uh, the same image, but I used the um, the blend mode in Premiere Pro. Uh, it's called Exclusion, and it just allows you to see the colors in a, in a different way. It's not adding or subtracting from the information that is there. Uh, it's just it's kind of like putting on a pair of magic glasses so you can see it in a different light. And I'm hoping that people are starting to see, because tonight's show is really preparing for next Saturday's show so that you get a feel for this artwork. And when we go to Arches Park and I paint all of this stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to see it and it's going to be clear and obvious. And that's what it's going to take if we ever hope for a disclosure to come about. Uh, we need lots of people, lots of humans on Earth need to see what I've been seeing these past months. And like I said, once we do, things are going to change. It's going to come out and it'll just snowball because this is all over planet Earth. And also in this image, I think you can see a little better the crown face. It's dark blue. And at the bottom, you can see the chin and kind of his cheek there. And, um, you know, I didn't paint it very, like, clearly and obviously. I want people to linger on this to where they see it without me having to draw lines around it or really point it out and so tonight is about getting your eyes used to seeing this in a new light and just believing that there is something there more than mountains and plains there's something there and it, it's real uh, let's go to the next slide number 42 This one seems pretty obvious to me. You have this kingly face of a humanoid character here. And the fact that we're seeing him from Earth orbit tells me he's a main character in this great story. And the characters are both the main characters. You have some main characters from each of these different races. So this tells me they are all working together um, you know, they're not at war against each other like on planet Earth. They have peace, and, and it's, it's kind of like the Federation in Star Trek. Um, and around this sort of pinkish humanoid figure, if you, you let your eye just sort of lovingly take all this in, you're, you're going to see other faces and uh, different beings, and um, there's just there's a lot going on here. And no matter which way you turn the Earth around, in, in Google Earth, you can use the camera tool to turn the planet around, uh, any which, upside down, sideways, and it doesn't matter which way you look at it, there's going to be a scene depicted. Okay, let's see, item number 43, the Flanders Queen on the right. Oh yes, 
on the right side of this image, uh, planet Earth, the ocean, you have this large depiction that takes up from the, the top of Earth down to the bottom. This is on the right side I'm looking at, right side of the planet. You have a so side profile of this queen. You have her head, the top, her body is depicted. Uh, she's wearing a kind of a robe uh, with this collar. And her body kind of trails off as you get to the, the bottom of, of Earth. But there she is, big as day. And she, she even has her crown on the top of her head. And she's looking out into space. And she's probably looking at space art, <laughs> which we will get to a little later. Because they just, it's not planets. It's not just planets that they carve. I believe that they are also behind the nebula art, where they create even galaxies crashing into each other, and the effect is you get these large faces of these same characters depicted in nebulas uh, scattered throughout the galaxy. And the Webb telescope is picking up more and more of these uh, all the time. There was just one the other day uh, that I included in my slides. Uh, we'll get to a bit later, but uh, yeah, here also um, we see Australia. The left side of Australia is this dragon face that I've come to know. And the right side of Australia is another character. I don't know what to call these people. They are, I think they're reptoids. I believe they're the same race as the queen. They're half human and half reptile. And, you know, there's a whole race of them. I think they live on many planets throughout the galaxy, just like humanoids and all these other beings that are out there as part of the galactic community. And if you spend some time looking at this, you'll, you're going to see just a lot of different things that I didn't have time to paint everything. I, I have a busy life and it's time. It, it's hard to find time to, to paint these. I, I wish there were more hours in the day. And as I said before, I'm hoping we can get some volunteers. Uh, the main thing we need volunteers for is to go to Arches Park with some drones, which I'm going to fund out of my own pocket. Uh, travel expenses, you know, food, hotel, um, buying three or four drones. You want to have probably three or four drones and go first start at Arches Park. And I've outlined some of these inner chambers, some of these hidden entrances before in a, in a few previous shows. And the most spectacular inner chambers I have kept under wraps for now. And I want to wait until uh, we have some volunteers. And when they actually arrive at the park, I will not reveal these chambers until then just to because my fear is gosh what if something happened to these or 
we have a situation where the U.S. government is dug in for the past 30 years in Arches Park uh, in this mesa that is right next to the park. It's right, it overlooks the town of Moab, which is right next to Arches Park. And the government, I think they had an idea 30 years ago of what's going on, that there's more to this park than meets the eye. And they're very interested in this technology of the arches. And so what they did is they blew a hole in the side of this mesa and that overlooks Moab. I, I've named it the Corona Arch Complex. Uh, the Corona Arch is on the other side of this mesa. And so they dug into this mesa and they hollowed it out. There, there are chambers inside this mesa. And their excuse for doing this, it's the Department of Energy, the U.S. Department of Energy. And their story is to the public that they did this to store the spent nuclear cake from the nuclear reactors around the country. And they needed a place to store this spent nuclear cake, this inert material, and this mesa was the best place they came up with to do this. And I mean, this is a mile from the entrance to Park Avenue, and it's like a mile from Moab. So it's, it's right there in the thick of it. They didn't pick a spot out in the middle of nowhere or like up in Alaska or something. They picked a spot right in the middle of a place where 1.5 million visitors go to see. And this was not by accident. They are, I don't want to say pilfering technology. I think they're still trying to figure out <clears throat> how the arches work. I don't think they've discovered the, the secret to the arches as of yet. And they're probably using AI now, like ChatGPT, for example, to help them figure out what is going on with these arches. But the problem is they're putting all this spent nuclear cake inside this mesa. <clears throat> and then you have this train that goes into the mountain and it comes out, excuse me, <clears throat> the other side of the Mesa by Corona Arch. And as Richard has pointed out many times on the show, when you have a, a train coming down the tracks, those train tracks will resonate. And this resonant train and all this spent cake, this was not part of the original equation this is not part of the original artwork and technology that these gods left for us. And in fact, it's interfering with the technology that was put in place in Arches Park and other parts of the earth. So it's important. My mission and my goal is to shine a light on the Department of Energy and what they're doing there in Arches Park, 
we need to kick them out of there. They're harming that area, and they do not have our best, in my opinion, they don't have our best interest at heart. So we'll get into that more next Saturday um, when I, I show some of my my slides of the Department of Energy. It's pretty scary. I don't know how we're going to kick them out of there, but that needs to get done somehow. All right, we have a few minutes before the break. Um, let's see. Let's do one more slide here. It would be number... Uh, where are we? Number 44. All right, this is another enhanced image of Earth, and hopefully I've brought out some of the colors and textures in a way that allows you to see these faces of these main characters in this grand story. Um, on the right, you have this green in the land uh, on the continent here. You have this green, it's kind of like a dog, uh, the face of a dog, a uh, side profile looking to the right, and its tongue is wagging. Um, also on the right, uh, the blue area is uh, another face, someone looking out. You can see their eyes and their nose, and they have this crown. Um, so, we uh, we got to take a break now, but um, yeah, linger on these images and just let your eyes take it in. And remember that this is all 3D oriented and we're meant to be seeing the, the shadows and the lighting and, and all of this. And hopefully it, it will just pop out at some point. So you're, you're going to see all this, this wonder uh, okay, you're listening to The Other Side of Midnight with Richard Hoagland. My name's Jonathan Womack. We will be back after this short break. Don't go away. theothersideofmidnight.com. Tune in to listen to Richard C. Hoagland and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. Search the archives. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Membership costs $9.95 a month 33 cents a day. Support the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. 
talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. other side of midnight uh, we're in the last hour of the show and uh, it's raining cats and dogs here in New England uh, out in the land of Richard the land of enchantment uh, we've entered the midnight uh, point and uh, Richard I, I hope you're feeling better and uh, by tomorrow you're you're back to your old self and and I really appreciate your interviewing skills uh, every time I do the show <laughs> uh, more appreciation for what you do uh, let's see so if you'd like to call in uh, let me give out that number again let's see the number is 917-889-8802 if you have a comment a positive comment uh, anecdote or story you'd like to share uh, we welcome your call. <clears throat> right, let's uh, go back to my slides here. We were at number 45, I believe. Yeah, I, I love this view of Earth. Um, it's just because I, I see so much going on here. Uh, let's kind of walk through this. You have the ocean, the upper half of this image of earth you you have this wonderful face and faces it's multiple faces and you can see how they use topography to imbue this 3d nature where when you lean your head left or right or you lean back from the screen you're, you see different things and as you descend toward the planet you see more faces come into view and and this kind of thing the bottom half of the ocean um, again uh, two main faces i would say make this up um, and these characters are just very familiar to me uh, the blue the bottom part you have the kind of blue colored face to me, that is that Tom Flanders queen that he pointed out on Mars years ago. And it's all over Earth and it's all over Mars. So she's somebody of importance. And in fact, I think the uh, you, you folks may recall years ago, there was an image of 
this little statue. It's only like a foot or two tall, I think, but it, it looks like a woman holding her hand out as if someone's going to kiss her hand European style. And I think that is uh, a sculpture of this woman here, this Tom Flanders queen, if you will. And when you look, what I, I've come to notice is when you look at the continents and you look at the continental shelf that is around the edge of the continents, it's kind of a lighter blue shelf that you have all around the edge of the continents. And if you focus on that, you're going to see these areas where the ocean has, well, it looks like somebody's blowing something out into the water. They're, it's a face, the edge of the continent, for, for example, South America. And if, if you look, there's a face uh, on the right side of the continent there, and there's a bunch of faces, actually, and they're all, they're blowing. They're blowing into the ocean. There's another one in Africa, if you look where the Sahara Desert is. And on the left side of the African continent, you see the Saharan Desert, and then this area where the desert meets the green part. And that's a face, and Again, that face is blowing. If you look at the continental shelf there, you can see it's blowing whatever it is. It's always like, I don't know if it's smoke or mist or, or some HD facet, hyperdimensional. This smacks to me of creation. They're creating the earth. And again, on the lower part of the African continent. You can see uh, uh, coming out into the ocean, it's kind of like this stream that comes from the continent out into the ocean. Someone is blowing, you know, their lips are pursed. Like if you zoom down on this, you would see the face better. And their, their lips are pursed, as I pointed out early in the show. Uh, these people's mouths are either, it's like they're singing or they're pursed, which means they're blowing, or there's lots of kissing going on too. Um, all through Mars and Earth, you have people kissing. There's a lot of that going on. But here we see a lot of this blowing, where if your eye traces the edge of the continents, you want to look for these areas where you see it looks like something is being blown out into the water, you know, whether it's bubbles or whatever it is, um, they are creating, I believe. All right, let's go to the next uh, number 46, Mother and Child Dragons. Yeah. I don't know if this is clear to everyone else, but I would say this is a mother dragon kind of on the top left of the earth and she's looking down at her child. Her, her tongue is sticking out and you have the child down here in the kind of bottom right quadrant of, of the earth. And 
you know, these depictions uh, to me, uh, again, this is all my interpretation. So you can take it with a grain of salt or take it as, as fact, however. But um, it's always very positive. I, you know, I don't find any, there's no war. You know, it's not like this is a depiction of people fighting and, you know, there is some there is some conflict because I think part of the story involves mother uh, the Queen Hera and her baby and something happened to the baby and she had to go save this baby so there is there is a bit of conflict in the story but I just don't see all of the the wars like we have on Earth all this conflict and. Uh, it just seems to be very positive. It's a lot of family-oriented megaglyphs. And hey, Jonathan, can I break in for a second? Sure. Yeah. Um, it's like the Badlands Guardian. Yes. Uh, everybody that sees that, they immediately get it. But if you want to see something on the scale that you're talking about with this, look above Washington State. And there's a huge image of a face there. Oh yeah, I've I've studied that area intensely, and absolutely. And maybe, there's a big Queen Hera there too, with her horns, um, which I, you know maybe I'll highlight for that for next week too, uh, because tonight is really a way for me to get people sort of trained to get your eyes trained to see this stuff. And for those who are not familiar, uh, you can go on online and, and Google the Badlands Guardian. And it's just another example of this ancient artwork that's been left for us. And most of this is all ignored. And humans are so conditioned to see like Arches Park as erosion. And, and once you see what's there and you think about all the people, like on the YouTube videos, people will write in, in the description, they'll say, oh, this is created, you know, geologists say this was started 150 million years ago, and this, you know, water came in, and this erosion, and over the course of 150 million years, it made all this stuff that looks really cool, but, you know, it's just erosion. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> so... Um, I just shake my head. Uh, that's what we're we're up against, and we have to break through this myth and this conditioning that this is all simply erosion and Mother Nature, and it's not. I can tell you that these folks, um, for example, those three beings that I uh, took me on a tour of the galaxy. I don't feel like they're that happy about humans and our our ignorance and the fact that um, there's a group of people on Earth that want to keep all of this under wraps. And Richard has talked about this forever. They want to keep us, uh, you know, restrained on one planet. They don't want us to expand out and... Uh, they definitely don't want us to become aware of all this 3D artwork. 
and hence they purport it all as, you know, it's collapsed and it's all this crap. No, it's not. So, um, we've got a big job ahead of us, but hopefully we can get some more volunteers and uh, people will get this and show their friends and more people. You know, we need that snowball effect. And next week, when I start showing you some of these hidden chambers inside the monuments in Arches Park. And I will show you these areas that this, uh, you know, kind of secret hidden chamber inside this monument where at a particular time at night, the golden hour, it lights up and it's a kind of holographic control panel. Um, so I, I don't want to get too much ahead of myself, but uh, perhaps next weekend I think will be uh, have a, a more profound effect on people than than tonight because you're going to see. I, I'm going to show. There's I just have so many mountains of evidence that I'm just going to keep showing this stuff and showing it until people get it and and when they do uh, my hope is that it snowballs and we're going to have disclosure and this kind of thing but there's bad guys out there that want to keep all this under wraps so let's look at uh slide 47 again i've enhanced some of the colors here and i hope you can see the many faces like at the bottom of the earth you have the side profile of a, a face of one of these beings. Uh, they're uh, looking to the left. You know, you can see its eye and, you know, the snout, its mouth. Uh, it has a crown. Um, and then on the left, you have South America. There's, it's green. There's a couple of dragon faces there looking to the right. Um, and then the big, the biggie would be there's a huge face that takes up most of the surface of the Earth here. As we see it, it's just uh, one of these reptoids that are half human and half reptile, and it's kind of looking to the left and um, it has this big crown. And um, you know, without drawing lines, these are these are difficult to enhance because. There's just so many layers to it. You see one face and, and you, you lean your head a bit and you see another face. And so it, it's hard to paint it in such a way that makes it clear. But when you get your eyes, when you get the magic glasses working and you see it, you're, then everything changes. You're going to see this wherever you look on the earth. If you go to the Alps, for example, and you and zoom down on those mountains and you start looking with your 3D glasses, you're going to see all of this, these same people, these same faces, the same bust. Uh, it's all there and it's just covering. I've been studying the various mountain ranges and so far every one of them, uh, from the Alps to Utah and Canada and Saudi Arabia, they all have this it's everywhere you go uh, number 48 
blowing in the wind, yes. Um, what are we looking at here? Africa. And I put some red arrows on here to show you where these faces. Um, let's let's take the right side of the Earth in this image. The most, uh, the arrow on the the farthest right. Hopefully you can see now that there's a, a face, uh, it's kind of looking down, it's grayish looking. Uh, you can see the, the eyes and the nose and this face is blowing. And you can see depicted by, you know, the, the sea floor is carved and you see it's blowing something out into the ocean. And above that gray face to the right of it or something, you see another orange tan colored, you know, there's another face looking out over the ocean. And I mean, it's just faces, faces, faces. And then the other arrows, if, if you look, you'll see that they are blowing out into the ocean and it's bubbles or it's steam or it's whatever they're blowing. And it's all over. And this is true with all of the continents and the islands you're going to find. Oh, there's a good example, say, in the top left of this image. Uh, the most left arrow there is pointing to, I think you can see this pretty clear. It's a side profile of someone's face looking to the right. Their mouth is open. They're singing. Uh, this one is not blowing, this one's singing. And out of their mouth is coming, um, is that the Middle East? Yes. <laughs> Whatever that is they're blowing or singing is creating this landmass. And part of the Middle East there is just another face and it's blowing. So it's just so much of this going on. And when you look at the earth in this way with Google Earth, if you follow the outline of the continents, you're also going to see that, wow, it's just all these faces are blowing. Like at, at the bottom of this image, that, that bottom red arrow, uh, if you look at the edge of the, there's a face there and it's blowing and out of its mouth is coming this stuff. You know, the face is looking down and then it's a side profile and you can see the eye and the mouth and this kind of thing. I don't know if any of this stuff is obvious to anyone else, but to me it's just become as, as clear as day when I, I look at Earth and Mars it just pops out at me like it's outlined in neon. It's very obvious. All right, let's go to the next slide here, uh, number 49. I've just rotated the camera a bit, so now I'm more focused on the ocean and what I see here in the ocean floor is kind of the side profile of uh, this reptoid queen person. She's looking to the right and it's not exactly a side profile. She's looking a bit at an angle, but she has this great crown on her head and
you see her face and there's all these other faces as well and, and of course the land masses and um, I'm hoping tonight is enough of a preview that our listeners will get an idea of what to look for and they're also seeing the same things that I'm seeing and that I'm not crazy. Let's see, let's go to the next slide, number 50. Now here, we're looking basically at the same area. I've just changed the camera angle a bit. And you should see uh, in the ocean, there's a huge face of someone side profile looking to the left. Um, it's kind of broken up into two faces looking at it, but you can see this queen and she has the crown and um, her eyes have, I wonder if uh, maybe she's crying in this one. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff around her eyes. Uh, you kind of see her nose and her mouth. And... If you look at the continents, you're probably going to see these faces and everything here. Um, again, the same faces, and they're blowing this stuff into the ocean. And um, I am definitely not uh, crazy seeing this stuff. This is, I know in my heart that this is all real. And it's just a matter of us getting used to seeing it and casting off the idea that this is all erosion and uh, our imagination or pareidolia is another explanation a lot of people throw out there that this is all in our minds like looking at clouds in the sky and that is not the case i i need to get people to see that this is real this is all sculpted by these godlike beings. All right, let's uh, go to number 51. Now, this image I have not enhanced anyway. Um, it's just something that looks to me like a seahorse and seems pretty obvious. I don't know, but th that's uh, what South America and if you look at Antarctica, um, you know, there's faces there too. And if there was no ice on Antarctica, I think we would see the same thing that we find with all of the continents and Arches Park, that Antarctica is all sculpted and it's going to be like Arches Park, all kinds of celestial alignments and pyramids and sphinxes and all of this kind of thing. So this is an unenhanced image. And if you look at the oceans, you're probably going to see just there, there's a lot going on there. And you need to have that 3D mindset, really, I think, to, to see a lot of this stuff. If you look at it with a, a 2D mind, it's not going to pop out at you.
All right, we're getting towards the uh, last segment of my presentation here. And I had a ton of slides for tonight, but I, I tried to keep it to a minimum, and I, I figured Richard would be with us, so there would be a lot more discussion. Um, so let's see. We have about five minutes to the next break. Let's look at number 52. Uh, this next seg segment of my presentation is simply, I have not enhanced any of these images. These are photographs <clears throat> taken by professional photographers. Now, when I look at this picture, I see a dragon that is, we're looking at the top of the dragon's head. The dragon is kind of kissing the surface of the earth. Um, we can see that this dragon's head, as we look down from above, it has a crown, and there's some pink and white area that I think is represents the crown chakra of this wise dragon. And as you look upward of that towards the top of the image, that's the dragon's body trailing behind it, but the head of the dragon is just above the Earth's surface here, and it, it's like it's kissing the Earth. And you can see the dragon's eyes. And, and on the right side, you have another feature that kind of looks like a face. And what I'm purporting is that space is full of this nebulized type artwork and I got all these images I just typed in I did a search for the Pleiades star system because I wanted to have a closer look at that uh, to see what kind of artwork is going on there and, and I think some of these folks are from that part of the galaxy and let's see let's go Number 53, yeah, here's a, another picture of the Pleiades system. You know, it's known as the Seven Sisters, and there's a story behind it, you know, like Greek mythology, and you can read about that. And now when I look at this, I see this the same artwork that's featured on Earth and Mars. Yeah, I'm starting to see faces and things in this this nebula here and, um, you can look at many many images online uh, you can type in whatever star cluster you like and whatever nebula um, you may find the same thing that that i'm experiencing where i'm seeing all these these faces and Number 54 is a good example. Uh, let's see, what do we have? Do we have enough time? This is a pretty cool slide, so why don't we save this until after the break? Um, let's see. Yes, Keith, okay. Yeah, let's go ahead and go to the break. You're listening to the other side of midnight.com. My name's Jonathan Womack. We will be back after these brief messages don't go away
theothersideofmidnight.com. Tune in to listen to Richard C. Hoagland and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Support the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. The other side of midnight.com. Talk radio with pictures on demand. Liberate your hyperdimensional time scale and non linearly access over 400 hours of conversation at the cutting edge of science and thought. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive content that fits your interests and time schedule. Filter episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs $9.95 a month. 33 cents a day. Listen while you travel, or as an environment to your endeavors. 8 cents an episode, 2.5 cents per hour of content. The other side of midnight.com. And welcome back to the other side of midnight. We're in the last half hour here. Um, we're talking about 3D art of the gods, and tonight's goal is to train your eyes to see some of this stuff in preparation for next weekend show when we go to Arches Park, and it's going to get real hardcore. And Hopefully I will be successful in showing you these things in such a way that it's all going to become obvious to everyone else, not just me. 
So with that, um, let's go to my next slide, which was number 54. And another image of the Pleiades star system. <clears throat> now what I see here is the lower half of this image has a darker area. It's darker than the rest. And that to me looks like one of these characters we've been looking at, it's the face, they're, they're facing us, the audience, and it's their head. I guess their, their chin would be cut off at the bottom, but you can see their, their, their eyes and their nose, and the, the top part is um, where it starts merging with the bluish area. That's the crown. There's always the crown, but that is the face of one of these folks. And I, I saw an animation the other day, it was pretty neat, showing the Earth going around the sun. And if you look at the Pleiades system, in the summertime, it appears in this part of the sky, say the southwest part of the sky, excuse me. And then the Earth goes around to the opposite side of the sun. And you look at the Pleiades and now it's in the northwest part of the sky and what i believe is happening is the same thing at arches park when you move around one of these monuments and you see how it changes from the face of a humanoid and now it's a dragon and as your per perspective changes so does the scene being depicted and i think this is happening on a galactic scale too with this nebula art. So in the summer, it looks like something and in the winter, it's going to look like something, it changes. Um, I don't know if that sounds crazy, but that's what I get from, from this image. This is somebody's face and uh, this changes from season to season from the perspective of Earth. Okay, the next slide is number 55. When I look at this, I see another face and somebody looking sort of to the left and up a bit. You have their, you can see their eyes and their mouth and their chin and uh, in this green area and the, it merges with the reddish area. That's their, their crown. Uh, this is not enhanced in any way, just an image you can get. I just got these off of the internet. I didn't change any of them. Um, but yeah, what a beautiful photograph. And I think this is all as incredible as it sounds. I believe this is all on purpose. This is all created by these godlike beings. They don't just sculpt planets. They do art on a scale that is just unimaginable. And if you start looking around the galaxy, we got the web telescope going and all this stuff. I think we're going to see more of this and it will become clearer as time goes on. So let's go to uh, the next slide, number 56. Now this is an unenhanced image just off the internet. Again, but I think it's 
more clear that what I'm saying might not be a bunch of hogwash. There might be actually something to it. Because I see sort of on the left half of this left side of this image is somebody's head, you know, their face and uh, in the kind of bluish and purple area. And then they have the crown, which is um, tan colored. You know, they have this kingly type crown that everybody's wearing all around the earth and Arches Park and everything. They always have these crowns. And uh, the right side of the image, I don't know what's going on there, but it's probably some part of a scene being depicted, something's going on. Um, it'd be nice to sit down with these godlike beings and have a chat with them and say, <laughs> what is the deal, really? Come on. So let's go to the next slide, uh, number 57. I mentioned this before, this is a new image. It just came out three or four days ago, taking, taken by the Webb Telescope. And this is two, I believe this is two galaxies colliding. So huge, you know, many light years across. And when I look at this, I see a face. When I, I ignore the the brightness of this, this light and I just kind of look at the image uh, as if I had 3D glasses, you know, like they give you at the movie theater, you know, you put those on and you would see there's this huge face looking back at us. Now, if my interpretation is correct, I don't know, but this is what I'm seeing. And there is a lot of it. The galaxy is huge. And I think this is just all over the place, everywhere. All right, my next slide is, um, this is part of my presentation for next week, number 58, the Grand Gallery face. This is in Arches Park. And this is a good way to get your eyes used to this stuff. For example, the big, you know, it's always look to see what the big, Face is, and then look at the smaller faces within that. And the big would be, uh, the, it's a crown face, and you can pick out this crown face's chin, which is at the bottom of the image. If you look under, it says uh, image Landsat, Copernicus. Under that, there's a, a, a black area. This is this is the crown face's chin. And then if you go more towards the top of the image, you can see the crown, uh, the top of this cliff is um, the crown. And within all of this, uh, this cliff wall here, this mural that is depicting this incredible scene, there's so much going on. It's very hard to paint these things because there's just, you see one face and then you see 10 more and it's all blended together in this miraculous way. So I, I'm hoping you can see the crown face in the center of this image. It's kind of orange and then part of it I have colored green because that's another face. You know, every face is made up of smaller faces. And you know, you've got uh, a character in kind of a dark black uh, sitting on a throne, a side profile. And 
you know, on the right side, you've got this, this other sort of pinkish face, and uh, you, you probably can't, I don't know if you can see these, but there's these two characters. I call them the double dogs or double dragons, and they're, they're two heads of these dragons that are back to back, and they're all over the earth and Arches Park, and I'm going to point out how in one of your photos, Keith, of um, courthouse towers, you have these double dragons featured prominently. And when I show these next week, uh, some of you are going to be like I was, like, how did I not see this before? Now, once you see it, it it's, just seems obvious and you wonder, how is it that nobody else has seen this? Or people do see it and they just regard it or they dismiss it as erosion and pareidolia and their imagination. Another thing to point out on the right side of this image is a feature that I colored. It kind of looks like a maybe a sword, but it's a column of glyphs. And I know in some of the ancient cultures, um, they use this type of writing where they have glyphs in a column, arranged in a column, and you read it, I don't know if it's top to bottom or bottom to top, but this really smacks to me of this style of glyph writing, where this is telling us a part of the story, these glyphs, if we got up there close, um, you know, we could, we could see what some of these glyphs are gonna be like Horus. Horus is a big one, very common in Arches Park. Um, another cool thing I, I learned uh, is that around all these monuments and structures in Arches Park, you have all these piles of dirt and, and rocks. It looks like somebody just piled them up. And at first, you know, I thought this was just all, you know, maybe it crumbled, it broke free from the, the cliff wall or no. These piles that you find all around it's uh, they're very precision. It, it, it's they're all concocted with uh, this incredible precision, and it's part of the 3D art. And at the bottom right corner of this image, you can see this is um, the face of a a dragon. A side profile the dragon is looking to the left, and you see its head and a little bit of its its body there. Um, and this is true of all these piles. And especially when you, you're in the sky looking down, you see that these piles, they, it really becomes more apparent and obvious that it's, it's part of the dragon's, um, you know, their mouth, or some of these piles are actually the fire that the dragon is breathing out of its mouth. And I've painted some of these like the Tower of Babel and the Courthouse Towers. Um, you're going to see a lot of this stuff for yourself next week. And boy, there's a lot going on in this image. You don't have time to go into everything, but um, I'm hoping folks can see some of these dragons and humanoids and reptoids and all this stuff that is depicted so stupendously here.
All right, let's go to, I think my last slide. Yeah, number 59. I'd like to just bring attention to my, my mission. <laughs> I seem to have been drafted by these beings who took me on a tour of the galaxy in January. And um, yeah, they are urging me. There's this sense of urgency. They, they want me to get as much of this out there into the public as, as I can, and, you know, kind of get it down on paper. Um, once I get people to see the 3D art, uh, the next step is we, uh, the third show from now would be on what the arches are. And, and as I said before, I can't wait to show people what these are. People are going to wonder why it's never, nobody's has pointed this out before, because when you see it, you, it, it seems obvious. And we were just so conditioned to see this stuff as, as uh, erosion. And that has to end. So my goal is I'm willing to put my own money where my mouth is and pay for, you know, you want at least two people to go on a mission to Archer's Park. You know, three or four people would, would even be better and safer. But um, I'll supply you with some drones and this would be the first area you would go to. There are a number of hidden entrances that lead to these inner chambers where this portal technology is waiting for us. And each chamber is unique. No, I, no two chambers are the same. And some of the chambers are even in the shape of a dragon's head. And they're all decked out with glyphs and artwork. I mean, they're just spectacular. Um, so... If, if you're out there listening and you're going to Arches Park or you've thought about going and, and you'd like to be part of this incredible experiment, I, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at jonathan at jonathanwomack.com and uh, I will supply you with equipment and money to get you there and you know, coordinate all this so that... Um, just imagine sending a drone inside one of these chambers during the golden hour when these little mini portals inside these chambers light up. Um, it, it's magical to watch. I want to capture that on video and just show it to the world. And people will be stunned and amazed and it's going to bring about some real change, I hope. So that's my last slide. So, Keith, what would you like to add to the conversation after seeing uh, my presentation here? What do you think? Jonathan, you've been blowing this thing wide open. I mean, the, just the stuff that I showed you, and you took the football and you ran. I mean, the, when you found that bird head next to the the fish head entity down below yep. the nefertiti bus yep. i was i said you can't i couldn't get four objects out of place out of artifacts in one photograph like that if this was natural that's not natural and i showed this stuff to people at i meet for the first time and i show them the pictures and they go 
I see the bird's head. Oh, I see the owl sitting on the shelf. It, it, yeah, that's an owl. And then that's with the monolith, right? And they see the mm-hmm. puma head sticking out the wall when you point it out to them. Yes. Just like the, they said it's a snake head, but actually when I looked at it better, it's a badger head. And it's, you, the claw arm and the claw is actually part of it down below where that little balanced rock sitting on that slope of that thing is sitting at. And they're going, oh, this shouldn't be sitting there because there's a slope on this thing and it should rolled off. And yeah, it's, and it's sitting on Mars and they're going, oh, we can't explain it, but uh, this is what we think it is. Now, this stuff has been here for the longest time. Yeah. And our ancestors couldn't comprehend most of this stuff because the guys that were doing this, the technology was so far advanced, nobody understood what was going on. Yes. And they could only write about what they thought was happening with, you know, gods and because they had technologies that these guys thought were miracles because they didn't know how it worked. And now that we've advanced, I hope we've advanced to the point where we understand that our ancestors could have mistaken simple things like a light bulb you know, mm-hmm. as, as some kind of miracle. Yeah, well, they named Delicate Arch because part of the arch reminded the cowboys in the Old West of the, like the pantaloons that the women wore. And I've painted Delicate Arch and... I show people what's going on. It's uh, really going to be quite striking. And another important element of this is to understand that the ground, every square foot of the earth. So in Arches Park, all of the ground, and it's very important to the story. And I went back to the Utah monolith and looked around that canyon where it's located. And now with the knowledge that I have about what's going on there, I reassessed what the people might have been thinking who put this monolith there. This was a few years ago this happened. And I had mentioned in an earlier show, Rich was like, you know what, who did this? And I, I said, I don't know who put it there, but I have an idea what they were thinking just from what I've learned because one thing they did not understand is that the ground is part of the artwork and everything and the technology even. And they used a, a saw, um, a concrete saw for you know cutting concrete hmm. to cut a hole for the monolith to place it on there. And if they knew what they were standing on, they would not have done that. So these, whoever put it there, they had the right idea. They, uh, the monolith is three-sided, you know, it's kind of like a pyramid. Um, so they understood that there's this slot in that canyon, and it looks like water comes down when it rains, and the water pools uh, on the floor there, and sunlight would come in, like on the equinox, and they put the this shiny monolith. It's made out of metal, and it's reflective, and they're looking for some kind of light phenomena to make itself evident. So I think they would go back there uh, on a number of occasions 
you know, they put the models there. It didn't get discovered for a few years, so I think they had time. They would go back at uh, during the golden hour or the blue hour, and they would see what, what's happening with the sun coming up, and, and it would be shining off this monolith and kind of lighting up areas of the canyon. So they had the right idea, but they just didn't quite have the, the big picture. Um, but yeah, whoever that was, uh, they had a clue, and they're they're doing what I'm doing. They're trying to figure out what the heck's going on there. Um, so another thing I want to show at Arch, uh, at Delicate Arch, is how the ground again. It's got all these glyphs on it, and people are walking around Delicate Arch, and you know they're looking. Everything looks pretty cool, and they don't understand that they're walking on these glyphs as part of the coded information for operating the arch and i i found this because of the the sun the sun's coming up and it shines through these sun slots and it hits the ground and you know how you get these long shadows at at night or in the morning where the sun it casts these very long shadows and i'm looking at the glyphs and i'm like my god that looks like a dna map so the ground is, everything's encoded with information. We have to look at the ground and all these structures in this way. Um, and did you want to say, add something, Keith? Uh, yeah. Um, there's, <laughs> I think there's a group out there that's trying to keep this stuff still out of, out of sight from the public. Because when um, I introduced uh, Ancient Aliens to the Badlands Guardian... And it so much stunned uh, Eric Von Danigan that he's, he screamed out, There is this! There is this! And and even had uh, Kevin Burns, the executive producer, he just, he stopped, he, he, he was supposed to be going back to his uh, staging area, and he stopped it and said, Ooh, and he looked at it. And then when I introduced it at the conference when uh, Eric was there, and... Uh, Kevin was sitting next to him. Kevin started elbowing Eric Von Daniken going, hey, yeah, 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 you got to see this. You got to bring this up here because I had it on my cell phone. And I took it up, and that's when Eric went off. But, <laughs> but it's once they did the episode, season 14, episode 2, and they had George Haas and Dr. Mark Carlotto um, do the thing on it, and Dr. Carlotto had created a a 3d rendering of this thing in a cube and it's not convex it's concave it's, it's dug into the ground and he said it only looks like this when you're looking straight down on it and they've known about this since 1937 and now it's just coming back to the surface all of a sudden and somebody knows something else and they're not telling the public what's really going on and it's driving me up a wall. But I think it's coming to a head. And, <clears throat> and they have to get up off of it because there's too many coincidences. Uh, yeah, another thing we, we need to get done is to impede the progress of civilization moving into these areas like Arches Park. <coughs> Excuse me, not just the Department of Energy, which is very intrusive that has to stop but just like the town of moab um 
the damage that's been done, it's already been done, but we don't want any more damage done to this artwork. Um, for example, there was a story a few weeks ago, somebody at Delicate Arch Complex, one of the arches is called the Frame Arch, because when you look through it, it seems to frame the Delicate Arch that is just across the way from it. And somebody carved their name into it. And it was Nicholas or something like that. They, they carved their name as kind of letters the size of your, your forearm and when I saw that and, and the rangers are in there and they're trying to repair it and kind of make it nice, you cannot replace, if we damage any of this, it, it can't be replaced, it's damaged forever. We don't want any more damage. Uh, another place in Saudi Arabia, Al Ula, I mentioned, they want to, they don't know any better. This is not malicious, but they are damaging the place they want it to be earth's largest national park by 2035 they they're putting these huge beautiful hotels i mean they're gorgeous they're putting them right on and the, the desert ground there the the rock ground that's all glyphed up and it's just you know hundreds of feet or 100 yards from one of these giant monuments just like we see in arches park and i, I don't know how but these beings that are urging me to do these things, they want this damage to stop. So We're at the end of the runway, as Richard ah, said. End of the runway. Well, thank you for listening in tonight. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Richard Hoagland. My name is Jonathan Womack. I want to thank you for joining us. And please let me know if you can volunteer and be a part of this. And I, I hope to see you back here next Saturday for part two of this show. Until then, uh, what does Richard say? Uh, second star on the left and straight on till morning. Good night, everyone. <laughs>